Welcome to Faith and Good Counsel, where we talk about ways to live a virtuous life and all of the things that affect us in our vocations, in whatever state of life we may be in. And now your host, Stacy Galino. Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to Faith and Good Counsel. I'm so glad you joined us here each and every week, and we have a great program again today for you. Again today, I hope you're enjoying this spring season of awesomeness, I think. I think we've had a great season so far, and we have more to come, more to come. So my guest today, Erin Franco, she's returning today because, y'all, we always have so much to talk about in the realm of our femininity, our womanhood, who we are, our identity, you know, as the seasons come and the seasons go, um, and really just the day-to-day moments of life. We're, we're discerning at every moment, I think, what we're supposed to be doing, who we are, um, how to love, how to serve. And so Erin and I have been talking, and she's uh, in a period of discernment, aren't we all? I know I am. I'm discerning, I think, at every moment. And um, she's going to share with us some of some of these struggles, um, as well um, as a few tips and uh, just some wisdom that she's um, acquiring in her in the beauty of her life. And if y'all could see how beautiful she is today, as she blossoms with baby Franco number four. <laughs> I just I'm, come on the show because Stacy compliments me the whole time. Oh, but it's so I only speak the truth, okay? So she's absolutely beautiful. Thank, thank you, Erin, for joining us here again on the Faith and Good Counsel show. And and I know it's it's uh, tough because you're a busy mama, you know, busy wife and mama, and it's t- difficult. It's a sacrifice. It's a it's an act of love for you to to come and prepare and and offer. So thank you. Well, thank here. you. It is always my pleasure to come on Faith and Good Counsel. I love chatting with you, and I love sharing or having the opportunity to share what I think about all day. What I think about, you know, we're so much alike, Erin, in so many different ways. And so I do want to start the uh, the show off today with prayer, and I especially want to ask the intercession of Our Lady of Good Counsel, who is our patroness of the Faith and Good Counsel show, to be with us today and to wrap her mantle around us because she is our mother, our model of who we are in the feminine. And so let us pray in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. St. John Paul II, Apostle of the Human Person, Our Lady of Good Counsel, please pray for us. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, Erin, as you and I were preparing for the for the show today, there were num- numerous titles that came up, <laughs> really cute ones, and I think there will probably be a blog post that will follow the show at some point. <laughs> but, you know, what struck me, um, you know, you're in a period of discernment. You're, you are pregnant with your fourth beautiful child. Family is growing. Lots and lots of gifts and talents that the Lord has given you. But, you know, as the seasons of our life, progress sometimes we have to step back from things and we move forward with things and it's an ongoing struggle I would say Um, but we're affected by the fact Erin that we are all identity wounded you know I like to talk in concepts we're going to get real today about what more so what I mean by that because I think it will um, come to fruition as we're talking today so kind of take us 
Aaron, into your thoughts and, and where you are right now. I know we had announced some things earlier in the season, but you have taken a step back, I think. Haven't you? I have. Yeah, it's really been interesting for me the past few months as my baby bump has gotten bigger and we have some other uh, situations in my home that make me need to be home a little bit more. And so basically one thing that I've been working on probably for half a year now is working on pre-recording for my own weekly radio show. Um, that I'd been approached for last fall, and that's something that I actually am not doing anymore, and that was a hard discernment. Yes. Uh, I'd already put a lot of work into it, and a lot. I was really excited about it, and a lot. it was going to be, um, it was, you know, for example, it was going to kind of monetize what I was already doing with the blog and the podcast, and but kind of to make a long story a little bit shorter, I have really felt strongly in discernment and prayer that I need to step back. I need to be more present in my home. I need to rest enough. Absolutely. (laughs) And not stay up on my laptop every night as soon as the kids are in bed. And that I need to be able to bake cookies with my kids. I need to be able to not shoot off to a coffee shop to go work uh, every Saturday morning or every night when my husband gets home a little bit early from work. And so, yeah, it's it's been tough, and I think part of that was I was kind of on this high all of last year when the Lord really had told me to move a lot of things forward in my ministry, uh, what I was doing online. I um, My website is erinfranco.com. I'm a blogger and a podcaster, if you're not familiar with me from previous shows. And I redid my blog last year. I launched a fairly successful podcast, and I was writing for different sites and doing really well. And then uh, we got pregnant for this baby. And it's so funny how a baby changes everything. A baby changes everything. There's that song again. Because there's that first trimester slow down to like a dead stop whenever (laughs) I get super sick. (laughs) I guess I get to say that now. This is the fourth one. And I've been super sick for all of them. So Mm. I guess it's a a constant in pregnancy now for me. But yeah, so I I really, I tell people I've almost felt like... um, I've had like the hand of God kind of gently squeezing me and pulling me back a little bit and pulling me back into my home and telling me, this is enough, this is enough, this is where you're needed. Mm. Mm. And it's beautiful. Oh, I just I just got that image and I actually could feel that in my body, Aaron, the Father. How many of us ignore that or we don't, we're not open to it? I wonder, I wonder, I just ponder that that question. Mm-hmm. But, but Aaron, it's so hard. Um, and, and I know, I want to say though, we are here today to affirm all women in whatever walk of life you're in, whatever season of life you're in, we're all working. Okay. It's just a matter of how we are spending those 24 hours, eight or more of which need to be sleeping y'all. Okay. Mm-hmm. For your health. Um, you know, says, you know, nurse in peace, Stacy. Um, but, you know, no, cause I love you. So, <laughs> but yeah, there's, oh goodness, all out in the social media, there are these wars where we're turning against one another. And I want to just affirm every woman to say that part of that has to do with our fallen nature, you know, from the garden, but especially from the enlightenment period where, and then this whole, you know, radical feminism and and so many um, influences that cause us to think in certain ways and form, we believe, lies about who we are. And then that 
forms expectations and then you know our pride and all these other things enter in and before you know it we're we're downing someone else for their choices and that's not what we're about here today but I know Aaron um, in your life you are feeling this beautiful loving call from your father to be a stay-at-home mom so talk a little bit more about that because that wasn't you you mentioned it wasn't an easy decision there were some emotions that came up for you and some some thoughts about am I good enough or you know what have you that came up absolutely well I've actually been a stay-at-home mom for about five years after my second child was born uh, that was in September of 2011 I my, my husband and I decided that I would stay home and really, there was a part of me that wanted to do the stay-at-home mom thing, and I, I liked that idea. I, I I wanted to do that. But at the time, and for a while afterwards, what I would tell everybody about why I stayed home was, was a true thing that we literally could not, on the income I was making, I was uh, I worked for a little PR and marketing firm. It was super fun. I, I really enjoyed it. <laughs> but I could not make enough to pay for the child care a and, common, common problem. And uh, have enough left over to make it really worth our while, you know? Mm-hmm. So that was what we told people, that it, that it was more a logistical thing. And and it took me a while to be able to just say, yeah, I, I started to stay home after we had our second, and I love it. And um, to, it just took me a while to own it. Yes. I, I felt yes. I felt like... Um, I was embarrassed to tell people. Yeah. And honestly, at the beginning, I, I didn't, there were a few reactions that from, you know, fr- friends or family members that kind of struck that chord in my heart that was really insecure about mm-hmm. leaving the workplace. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was a little bit hard, even though in my head, I, my formation knew this was a good thing and it was our right discernment. I still had people say things like, oh, well, you're so talented. Maybe you can get back in a few years mm. in the workplace. Or mm. or maybe you can do some contractor work on the side, you know, when the kids are napping. And I'm thinking, when did you have kids? Because I need to get right. stuff done when they're napping <laughs> or sleep myself. Exactly. Everyone thinks when you're home in the day you can do all kinds of stuff while the kids are napping that's not related to your house or you're taking care of yourself or your kids. And but it really, it doesn't really work like that. <laughs> it does not really work with that. I, I experienced that myself, and I heard many comments like that myself. And Erin, over, I, you know, everybody knows now I'm much older than you. I'm old enough to be your mommy. <laughs> but I've done many, many scenarios of, you know, the, the working outside the home, full-time, part-time, you know, entrepreneur, all kinds of things. Every possible combination you can think of and no matter what it's really hard Mm -hmm. um it's wonderful but it's really hard and I'm enjoying this season of life where I'm still an entrepreneur but I am at home and doing many different things um but the thing that you're the point that you're hitting on harkens back to what how I opened the show with the fact that we are all identity wounded because you're talking about ways that our thinking and our culture is poisoned in a way that we don't even see anymore from compartmentalizing who we are as the feminine. You know, it's like, okay, I'm leaving, quote, leaving the workplace to go home and now do this. There are 24 hours in a day. You know, it's how are you going to spend those 24 hours and what is my primary vocation and where am I looking for my information to inform 
my decisions? Am I looking laterally at what everybody else is doing? Am I comparing myself to other people? Not only that, but just bombardment from mass media, television shows, books, movies, TV, uh, magazines, mm -hmm. etc. social media. That's where I was going with that. Insidiously inform us that we're somehow we're not good enough if we're not doing this or that or the other. Or that, like you mentioned, we're wasting our talents. I heard wasting your education. Mm -hmm. You know, that was the one um, that I heard. So that, I really want to challenge that today. But it's a quantification, if you will, of our identity. And we're so much more than that. The human person can never be reduced to pieces and parts. But I think that's the battle that you're fighting, that we all fight. Um, and it's devastating, really, because it, it's anxiety-provoking, it's depressing, it's confusing. Mm -hmm. It's embarrassing. Same. You mentioned that word, embarrassing, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I'm going home to, you know, just, quote, stay at home and eat bonbons. I think, um, too, I, I've been blogging for since probably, oh gosh, what, 2009 now. And even when my blog was so little and tiny and just my mom read it and my aunts and my sisters, I all, when people said, what do you do? I said, oh, I stay home, but I have a blog. But, there's the but. <laughs> I there's had to add but. that in there. Well, listen, that quantification, that's what I want to continue talking about when we come back here on the Faith and Good Counsel Show. My, my guest today, Erin Franco, we'll be right back. Each person has dignity and worth, not because of his physical abilities or occupation, not because of her skin color or status. Each person is valuable, not because of his productivity or age, but because we are human, created by God in his own image and likeness. And neither economics nor emotions should alter the length of each person's gift to humanity. It's been asserted by some prominent physicists that science can explain the universe without the need for a transcendent creator. The implication being that science can give a complete theory for explaining everything about the universe. But is this the case? The answer is no. And the reason is because science relies on the inductive method in order to validate its hypotheses. Which means that scientists can never be certain that they have discovered every piece of data that is necessary to explain everything about everything. Consequently, science must always be open to discovering something new that could alter its current theory about the universe. And if science must always be open to modification, then science cannot give a complete explanation about the universe. Therefore, any claim that science has disproven the need for God to explain the universe is unfounded. To learn more about this topic, visit MajaCenter.com. I'm Carlo Brusord, apologist and speaker for the Maja Center of Reason and Faith. Thanks for joining us here on the Faith and Good Council Show again today. I hope you're enjoying this lovely spring season of Faith and Good Council. My guest today is the radiant Erin Franco, and she is really sharing from the heart today about her discernment on this particular season uh, in life where she's stepping back from some other things um, outside the home because what's had the fruitfulness of the home <laughs> is growing in her attention and her love and her nurturance are needed there. So thanks for being with us, Erin. Well, thank you. I hope you still have time for the Faith and Good Counsel show, but we'll talk about that later. <laughs> as 
as long as my mom can babysit. God bless her. God bless you, Lucy. We love you, too. We love you, too. <laughs> well, you were talking about before the break about being this smaller blogger, and there was this but there that you had. I'm going to stay at home, but that says to me that you were still not in, in a good place. There's that compartmentalization of that division of I still have to um, – show that I have some worth to someone because I'm doing something other than sitting on the couch eating bonbons, which anybody at home knows we don't do. Okay. <laughs> but can you talk? I want you to go back to that point because I, I, I was having an observation and I want to check in with you on that. Sure. So when I started my blog, Humble Handmade, in 2009, it was because I was having a baby and I lived far away from home and family and I pretty much just posted funny stories about the baby pooping through the Maya Rabbit Babies Are Us, <laughs> oh, or posted pictures of him for my mom yes. and my sisters or friends back home. And, and me. And it, so it was a small blog. And, and really, I'm, I'm still a small blogger. I've, I've grown quite a lot from 2009 at this point. It's now 2016. But I, I think especially early on, and maybe all along the way, it's difficult in our culture that measures – of your popularity on how many likes a post gets or how many comments you get on a, a blog post or how much attention you get online. Even, even though I have always written because I think I'm supposed to, because it's an overflowing of my heart on what something I want to share about, something that I've learned. And I do write about a lot of spiritual stuff now. Uh, it's still difficult not to, to kind of rate each post or project that I put out there on how much attention it gets. And, and I was telling Stacy before the break early on, I when people ask me what I did, I said, oh, well, I, I'm a stay-at-home mom. I have two kids, not even one. I have two kids. I'm a legit mom now. And oh, and I have a blog. I would always tell people that I have a blog, even though I, it wasn't monetized. It's still not monetized, by the way, even though I maybe got at the time I remember probably 50, 60 views a month total on the whole website. Mm -hmm. So, and so anyway, it's just, it was, it's been a, a long road for me, I think, coming from a highly educated background and that maybe the culture I grew up in to let myself just say, I'm a mom. Absolutely. And not have to add, add on not, other things. And we are so prone to that because of the way. You know, we're called to live in a certain time in history. God allows our birth in a certain time in history. And the time that you and I are living in, Aaron, is a time where we are quantified. I mean, we've got to justify almost our productivity and, and, and our worth as a person through that lens of, you know, reductionism that comes from, you know, Descartes and so many others that were part of the Enlightenment period, especially, certainly from the fall in the garden. But, mm -hmm. but there is a trajectory there that began that split us away from the wonder of who we are as daughters and sons of the Most High God, especially at that time. And, and it's actually very damaging to the human heart and the human mind. It just does not lead us to happiness to think of ourselves as, you know, the sum of our parts, yeah. honestly. I was going to share a story that really started my discernment about stepping back a little bit. I'm still blogging and podcasting, so don't worry, but I'm just doing it on my own time. But so I think what started the ball rolling with realizing I needed to step back was several months ago, I was at a play date with some girls. I didn't know everyone there. And an acquaintance of mine was, 
I heard her talking about me as I was walking in the door and about to walk into the group and meet some new people. And she was saying something like, oh, Erin, she is like so amazing. She has three kids and she's a uh, and she homeschools one of them, and she's pregnant for her fourth, and she has a radio show, and she's on, on the radio in Baton Rouge, and she has a blog, and she's a podcaster, and she's so amazing, and I don't know how she does it all. Did you burst into tears at that moment? In my what? heart, yes. Yeah. And really, yeah. I did, yeah. because yeah. I said, oh, I am not doing all of these things well. I'm not doing the most important things as well as I would want to, and it's too much. I'm not a superwoman. That's just such... You know, I've, I'm, I've been the girl that looks like I have it all together, and you can't have it all together. There is, unless you can, I guess, afford to have a babysitter half your week, watch all of the kids. I can't do all of this other stuff no, no. well. And so, so that's really what got the ball rolling for me was my reaction to her explaining everything I did. And when you listed it all out, I, I said to myself, nope, I, no, she doesn't even know. I can't. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing this all well at all. Well, you're not the only one. Is that a, is that a secret? Oh, I'm just letting you know, ladies, no, we can't do all of the things that we're told. What was that, uh, you know, from the 1960s? You probably don't remember some of the media. Well, you weren't born, Aaron, but some of the media back then, you know, kind of promoted that you can have it all and so forth. And what does that even mean? I mean, to me, it means a lot of brokenness. That's what it means. Um, so, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm not a fan. I'm not yeah. a fan of that because that, that is so um, vague and... Um, it just really leads to uh, confusion, and I'm never good enough. And how often would I have to sit with a young woman or a woman of any age, um, both back in um, full-out therapy days as well as now, just sitting with people in counseling, coaching, and to say, giving scenarios like yours, maybe it's filled with other things, but my question after listening to all of that is, when can it be good enough? When can you, you and your creation be good enough, mm-hmm. right? And so I think this is a place that you're coming to, Aaron. and I bet this is striking a chord with so many women who are listening who are exhausted from trying to achieve whatever it is that we think we're supposed to achieve to, quote, have it all. We just can't, and we're not even called to that, and it's glorious to get off of that train. You know, you were talking about blogging, and over the past year or so, I was looking, you know, my brain is very driven. I've struggled with these things too, Erin. And I was looking at, okay, all the social media and the, you know, the digital, the digital continent and, the, and how you, you know, entrepreneurial and marketing and, you know, statistics and monetizing and all. And I said, you know what? I'm not doing it. I have already been down that track. And it, I was, it was literally making more, me more anxious. And I could tell this is not where God wants me to be. And so I will cast, I will throw out my little seeds and we'll do our work and let the Lord handle it. But I'm not worrying about analytics and monies and all these things, you know, as far as the blog goes and my radio work and all these things, you know, it's just, I'm there too, really with, with my work. And I wanted to make the point too, though, that I, we're both in media and ministry online, blogging and podcasting and such, but we could even be talking about too many involvements in your parish yes. or volunteering or whatever you're doing. Yes. Um, Fill also, in the blank. There's yeah. so many ways that we because we're trying, we're on that hamster on the wheel, we're trying to achieve and be good enough. Yeah. And I also, Stacy, wanted to chat for a minute, if it's okay. I wanted to share that in my marriage, it's definitely been an issue 
working through both of our preconceived notions about work and if I would be home and what that needed to look like and what our family would look like. And I, I know I have tons of friends I've talked to this about. There's just so there's so many complicated situations and scenarios and backgrounds that you can bring into your marriage that make it really takes years sometimes to work out a mutual respect for one another's work, whatever you do, whether you work inside or outside the home as a, as a mom or dad, and how um, you come home at the end of the day and you, you it, sometimes for us, I know, it's taken years to slowly work through, well, maybe my day was harder than your day. You know, what did you do? You went on a play date or you went on a lunch meeting? Oh, but that was nice. Guess what I had for lunch? <laughs> do you still hear, do you hear the quantification here? That's yeah. the, the, the name of the game today, y'all, the quantification. Yeah. We can't, because we're both male and female, we're mm-hmm. all wounded in that way to see one another in ways that, that are that are not in conformity with how we were created and how God sees us, do you mm-hmm. know, and how God created us. And mm-hmm. so these are these are challenges for our time, you know, mm-hmm. and it does affect a marriage. We we struggled with that too. Yeah, it takes a lot of spirit, spiritual maturity, yes. not just good communication. You have to understand how each other was created, what your gifts are, and just day to day be able to be mature enough to meet each other where you are and respect where you are and just kind of have a hope that it's going to get better and better and the Lord will help you unify on whatever might be kind of clashing. Well, the more that you do what you just said, it does get better and better mm-hmm. and better. I've, you know, I've been married 31 years now and I can speak as a witness to that, the more that that we have learned who we truly are as human persons and what our roles are in uh, as male and female, as man and woman, husband and wife and parents, the deeper our intimacy in our marriage. It's it's so beautiful. But I can remember the early years we struggled in 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 similar ways, um, struggled in in the workplace. Um, you know, in my with the expectations there. Um, I mean they. You know, nursing is a hard profession and um, not always, you know, family conducive. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it was a struggle. So, um, you know, it's a great gift to be able to be, um, my nature is very entrepreneurial and it's, it's a great gift to be that way now, but also um, to have the freedom to volunteer a lot of my time. Not everyone is in that position. And I know that we have a dear friend who was an inaugural member of the Faith and Good Counsel team, Mary Wallace, who has a great blog. She is working, not only is she working as a mama and a wife, but she is working outside the home in a a scenario um, because she needs to for her family to provide, to help provide for her family and to supplement that income. And she's doing amazing things. And I want you to check out her blog. It's the Working Catholic Mom She's wonderful. Yes. And so again, Erin and I are here to affirm all of us girls and we want to hear from you. You know, maybe something today struck a chord. Maybe, you know, you can kind of relate to some of the things that we're talking about in this area of feeling quantified. You know, I can remember feeling picked apart. That was another, you know, a way of, you know, using a, a, a more common term. I just felt picked apart um, in years past. And, you know, the more that I make good decisions towards who I truly am as, as the feminine, the less picked apart I feel, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And and I certainly, I'm, I'm a stay-at-home mom, and we've talked a lot about the gift of that for my family, but 
anybody out there who is a working mom and that's what you're called to in the discernment for your family, I just want to encourage you that the Lord yes. will make a way. Read up on St. Gianna Mola and St. Zaley Martin. Yes. They were working mothers in the last century and they were saints and they there's a lot to, to learn and be inspired by in them. Amen. And, and just to clarify, they were working outside the home as well as taking care of their families, but we're all working mamas, y'all. Is there any mama out there, any True wife statement. out there that if you have a home that is a tremendous gift and a responsibility to take care of? So God bless you all. We'll see you next time here on the Faith and Good Counsel Show. Bye-bye now. Pox Christi, y'all. Faith and Good Counsel is a production of Catholic Community Radio.